Right, oh, ladies and gentlemen, it is that time of the night. Welcome to Dirt Bags. I'm your host, Josh Curran. Now, unfortunately, unfortunately for all the listeners at home, it's just me tonight, but great news for all the listeners at home. I'm here with the one, the only, Mickey B from Mickey B's R&D. How are you going, brother? Good, mate. Good to be here, and uh, I'll just crack a tin as we get into this. Are we going to get on the bopper? On the bopper, mate. Beautiful, beautiful. I love it. So I'll give you a little bit of a rundown of the man, the myth, the legend known as uh, Lou. <laughs> the man, the myth, the legend known as Mickey B. So Mickey B's been around the uh, the four wheel drive industry for a long time. Mickey, you uh, once competed in uh, Outback Challenge as well back in the day with Troy Crimmins. So I was involved in building yep. a very cool uh, GQ shorty. It was a twin turbo 4.2 petrol. Bypass um, shocks, everything like that? Not at that race. We actually took that off to fit the shocks, actually. Oh, interesting. Interesting. Yeah. So how did that come? So the idea was that it was going to be a, a 4.2 Petty twin turbo? It was the single at the time, but, um, yeah, we just couldn't package it all. Yes. Got rid of that just so we could um, keep a bit of reliability for the race. And we really didn't know what we were getting into, as usual, um, last-minute sort of stuff. So yes. we put the bypass shocks in the front and um, – yeah. So got, so got just bypass? Coilovers uh, as well? No, nah, just the bypasses. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Beautiful. And um and then the idea behind that obviously was uh suspension is better than horsepower. Yeah, just the longevity and the travel to go through the bumps and that and just yeah, bring it back pretty safe without the turbos at the time because we sort of we're getting into it, we're pretty new to it, you know. We Sort of doing a bit of the same stuff as Russell Mason at the time. The wheel man. Yes, the wheel the man. man himself. Yes, yes, I like it. So then uh, we'll, we'll start off there. We'll go back to the – what was the catalyst between behind deciding to get out to Outback Challenge? It was something that you'd uh, you'd always wanted to uh, help Troy build a car for and, and get out there and compete? Yeah, well, um, sort of met Crimo through my um, wife and at the time and um, – just got stuck into it and sort of doing the same sort of stuff. And we just teamed together because we lived down the road. And yep. before you know it, we were going to the Outback Challenge on a borrowed car, a borrowed trailer. and As if the tow still... car was borrowed or the race car was borrowed? <laughs> no, not the race car. Yeah, yeah. The, the tow car was my old man's and uh, Paulie Wardike's trailer at the time. And um, sort of got there caught ourselves sort of last minute racing yes when they asked us what our team was uh, last minute racing. <laughs> yeah we didn't have a clue really and um got it there and got down to cold outback challenge and uh stuck into it just with one fridge and <laughs> two sets of clothes and just froze to oblivion yeah yeah so the outback challenge is um is it west no, no, it would be it's very west central of, of New Broken South Hill. Wales. Yep, yep, yeah. yep. Copy. So, uh, yeah, it, as you can imagine, it's probably pretty cold out there at that point in time, and uh, very windy, <laughs> windy desert, cold stuff. Because yep. it was sort of middle of the year as well. And and so the idea behind that, with um, with only minimal amount of clothes and everything like that, was you just didn't have room to fit them in the car. Basically, it was a shorty. Yep. So for those of you listening along at home, um, or tuning in, the um. The idea behind it of Outback Challenge is that you are 100% percent 
self-sustainable. So you have to carry all your own spares, your food, your cooking, your camping equipment, everything like that. Swags. Swags, everything everything that you need for that that event, you have to carry on your car. And it was a seven-day event. Uh, It was nearly 14 days. 14 days. So you had a rest day anywhere and restock on food and stuff like that? Um. Honestly, I can't recall. We um, had to go back to town one day because we did a power steering hose. Yes. And borrowed some stuff off uh, good old Kim Bolton at yes. the time. We were lucky enough on um, his sort of group cruising around, which was a really good group of blokes and ladies. And uh, it was sort of one of those cold night stages where you just drop straight into the creek and navvy straight out into the water. Yes. And then after that stage, it was actually getting your swag. Freezing cold, wet. <laughs> yep. No sleep at all. Yep. Yep. So, so obviously nowhere to have a shower, nowhere to warm no. back up. Yep. Yep. We'd so, go sort of to service stations, but we'd go right out to Wilcania. Yes. Stuff like that and um, Cobar and that. And we did a lot of liaison stages, but you do small stages in like creeks and beds and then also a bit of GPS sort of stuff, which. We sort of dropped into that with no knowledge whatsoever. Yes. Borrowed GPS at the time and basically me being Navi, I was useless. Crimo was actually leaning over, putting all coordinates and stuff in and sort of I'd be telling him to go straight or left or whatever and not even looking at the road. And he's like, well, I can't. Yes. You sort of go one way or the other to try and get to that final point. But yep. Yeah, we got through. Um, yeah, basically he's fully self-sufficient apart from going to fuel stations. You all travel together. Yep. I think there was like 50-something uh, entries for that. We ended up in 18th, which is, yeah, we were wrapped with it, to be yeah. honest. But um, it was really good, really good people, really good event organizers. They'd done it for a long time. Yes. And um, basically, at the end of the day, we learned so much out of that race. Yep. And then um, when we got back from that, I decided to start myself doing a bit of winch challenges in the in the little production class. Yes, yes, yep. Back in the day with my own shorty and um was that um, the maroon one no nah, not the maroon one the 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 blue maverick ah yeah the petrol order yes yeah yes not not the uh safari no that yes. was that was the fink fink getter that one yes yes so then you got yeah so you got involved in which challenges and started yeah doing... just decided to uh keep a bit of a budget because i yeah had no money at the time really and yes um kept it simple and basically I basically only did two races in production class, won both of them, then yes. attending your boys' uh, dirt sprints, which yes. turned into uh, uh, mud, mud sprints. Sprint. Yeah, yeah, that's right. The and, then, and then ended up being um, all the prize money just got put on the bar that night. So. Yeah, no, that was pretty cool, coming away with a win with that in production class. Yes. And basically, I don't know, you were showing me the photo the other day of the trophy. I basically just tipped my beer straight in that and drank yes. straight out yeah, of the trophy. Yeah, yeah, that is true. I don't – The good old Caves um, crab pot. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that was a uh, that was a good weekend, and and actually that's for us really that's a weekend that um that kicked off a lot of friendships as well for us because yeah. we ended up uh we we organised this event and it was called Dirt Sprints, but uh, just happened that I think a tropical cyclone crossed crossed the coast of um, Central Queensland the weekend we were getting ready to run that event. Yeah. So um I think we got like close to six six hundred fifty mils of rain the day before the event, and um, we had to shorten up the track, and so essentially um shout out to all the competitors that came up to dirt sprints we um we just decided to do a 500 hundred dollar dash for cash and then all the prize money for the rest of the uh classes went onto um onto the bar that night so everyone got to bond yeah that was actually one of the first times we got to meet mickey b yeah 
Yeah. And uh, and then also uh, BT and Elise came up for dirt sprints yeah. as well, and that was There's that a few was trophies in their yeah. own crowd. Yeah, yeah, that's right, that's right. So that was uh, one of the first times we managed to um, to meet a couple of people that we are now have formed lifelong friendships. So, but they were like class eights. So like, yeah, yeah, so well, a bit of advantage. Well, and actually, funnily that you uh, you mentioned Kim Bolton helped you out in the Outback Challenge because BT obviously hit not obviously, but for those at home, BT's. Uh, the, the triple eight, the GU that he races is Kimar as well. So off road racing, it's a um, it's a small but uh, but wonderful world. Very is yes. Yeah. So um, yeah, a little bit of production winch. So for those that are following along at, at home, the difference between production and say, I guess you'd say the open class of winch challenge was it was it much like say um, the difference between class seven and class eight? Like you had to have standard shock towers standard motors stuff like that you could work within certain parameters for that yeah pretty much we could go to um uh 35s locked diffs um but no air free spool or anything like that and oh, so the navi engine. had to navi had to pull the had to let you had to spool the winch out or, or do the old turn the handle and let it sort of stuff with everyone else you're talking to it's yes sort of, i thought it was pretty cool like um you know it's sort of when we were looking at getting into jet sprint boats going to the um like ls class and stuff like that just sort of keeping it all together sorry you were looking at getting into jet sprint boats at one point in your life yes yes when was that um would have been 2018 so why because you're a man that uh you always interest me and excite me with the uh the avenues oh, yeah, that yeah. you that you end up down <laughs> so why didn't you end up in jet sprint boats uh basically i had no idea what i was getting into <laughs> uh, it's the same as me not getting into like trophy trucks or whatever like yes i probably could but um you know i fully enjoy the engineering side of things and you know boats or cars or whatever you're just worried about that first turn to be honest yes <laughs> Yep. And breathing underwater is a Yeah, a yeah, yeah. Coffee. Coffee. So um when you say the, the jet boats, you mean where they essentially excavate out a track and you, yep. the you little it, swamp. Yep. Yes, yep. So where because I'm the first one I went to was a cabarita. That's what I was it's about to say. Where, where is this? Yeah. Yep. It's like tweed heads and that. It's a beautiful little amphitheater you set up in there and you can see the whole thing and it just echoes so loud and just seeing those Formula One boats get there and that just there on the bopper. Um, <laughs> drink to that. Well, we got to, mate. It's the new. It's the new game, thanks to Danny Curran. So, and actually, mate, uh, he did just post. He's uh, he is listening in. So, Danny Curran, that that one's for you, mate. Mickey B says, um, he wants to know where you are, mate. He's he's bought the mog up. And yeah, uh, I'm, I'm uh, just talking to your missus too, mate. <laughs> I hear you're not here. I've come all the way up from Toowoomba with the mog to go to Fiveys and. Sort of left high and dry at the moment. <laughs> Classic Danny Curran, actually. No, no, no. But uh, he's a good man. He's a good man. He's actually away working at this uh, this point in time. Attending of, work. Attending work. That's right. But uh, after our um, our rather long think getaway. So, uh, but yeah. So sorry. Back back to the jet boats. Yeah. So you just decided that uh, it wasn't quite for you. Yeah. And no, I looked at. I nearly purchased one of the um, like the LS controlled series. Um, you know, just money and logistics and not really know what I was doing, but 
you know, went to a few other races, had the bug and that, but then got back into off-road racing, sort of get myself back connected with that full-on living with off-road racing again. Yes, yep. So, uh, yeah, I think you are right when you said that you are full-on living with off-road racing at the moment. So, uh, yeah, it's been a bit hectic. Been a, um, been yeah, a bit hectic. Good. So, uh, like you said, you hadn't been around off-road for a um, for a little while, but then obviously yeah. the idea was born for as, as you can see here like you said we're wearing the wearing the hoodie and mick's got the the cap on the the mickey b's r and d mate tell us a little bit about where the idea from this was born oh look mate it's just um sort of something you know getting away from the mining industry um did that for a fair while enjoyed it still miss it not really but still do um <laughs> But really, you know, just time to live life and cruise around with a heap of cool people and work on some cool stuff and do a bit of engineering and, um, yeah, just get amongst it and uh, live life a bit, really. So uh, so what are you currently doing at the moment? So uh, you're I'll, – I'll lead in a little bit. I know what you're doing, but for our listeners at home, you're tied in a bit with uh, – or not a bit, you are tied in with Brent Smoothie and, uh, and Bo Robinson, OBR. Yeah, look, I try and help out as many people I, as I can. Um, like, you know, that's my main thing, helping people and just enjoying it and being part of it. And um, at the moment, I tour around with Smoothie, um, helping with everything basically from logistics and prepping the truck and, um, yeah, just everything really. And then um, been pretty lucky to team up with Bo as well. They've sort of um, accepted me in, hopefully, and um, – doing a bit with their sort of stuff and just hanging around there guys they're really good really cool crew man like it's awesome what these guys can achieve and just to be a part of it is um you know i'm just living it to be honest yeah and very grateful yep it's really cool to be honest yeah 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 so your your role within the team really for smoothie is general engineering general fabrication general maintenance you you're one of the prep guys essentially like after each race you you'll pull the truck down and, and put it back together and get it ready for the next race? Yeah, so basically at the moment, there's myself and Reese Burgess. Um, we use another really cool um, diesel fitter as well. Um, that's our sort of background, but been off-road racing a fair bit. And, yeah, we do everything from logistics, from driving the truck from Perth to every race, then prepping, um, you know, organising parts. I do a fair bit of um, welding and engineering and, been lucky enough to be working with uh kenny at kre and the boys there and wendy yeah that's um, very cool they've sort of taken me under their wing which is really cool and um working with them so at the track i can help out with a bit of electronics and engine stuff so sort of just covering everything really um mechanical engineering and um you know nuts and bolts and tires even you know putting brand new tires on beadlock wheels and yes you know, helping out with stickers and paint and panel and yep, bit of electronics and yeah, just everything like uh, parts, organising fuel, yep, um, dealing with the right people, and yes, stuff like that. So it's pretty cool and yeah, it's pretty cool at the end of the day when you know they they hopefully they're pretty appreciative of it, which I think we got a pretty good bond with all the people I've been working with. And oh, I uh, can imagine they look after me really well. You know, like. Um, the boys are quite fortunate enough to uh, own helicopters and sort of stuff like that. So we get to do a bit of a uh, bit of hang time yes. when we get a chance. And Mate, stuff I, like I, I got to say, I was very jealous last year. You sent me a few videos of uh, yourself up in a helicopter at, at Fink and I was uh, 
I was very jealous. It's kind of uh, it's a bit of a dream to be able to to get up in a helicopter and, and chase some of those top cars and top bikes, particularly the top bikes. I think I'd find that super interesting to see the the lines that they take in the way a guy like a, a Toby Price or a David Walsh or a um, a Jack Simpson the way they they ride that track. You know, their their knowledge of those tracks is is just unbelievable. As I guess the the risk that they have to take every day that they um when they're riding those tracks. So to be up in a helicopter chasing them would be um it'd be one of those once in a lifetime experiences. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Like last year we'd sort of finished prepping the truck and um basically Smoothie just said, Right, are you two boys jump in the chopper, go for a spin and we sort of watched a few of the last quads and bikes come through, which is pretty cool for those people that are sort of just battling it out. But yep. this year I sort of got got the truck ready once smoothie come down and uh, made sure there was nothing critical and they sort of uh, said right oh well now's your time to hop in the chopper go for a spin and it worked out really good so we actually followed smith and um uh, jack simpson in and um which is pretty cool to see those front runners come in yep. and um you know we sort of try and sorry keep... so you you followed them into apertura on day one or followed them back into no, Alice? into apertura on day one yeah it was pretty cool to see them come in and um yeah, so you sort of in the chopper, like some boys don't like the chopper there or whatever, and we sort of try and keep out of the way, but it's sort of cool. And the, the chopper pilots are really cool, like they're a really good couple of blokes that work for Smoothie, and they've got pretty good opportunities as well. And they sort of put the choppers in a few good spots where you can get some footage, and yep. then yep. whoever's in the back or whatever, and whatever, they, they just turn around and then draw the chopper backwards or whatever just to get a good shot for yep. whoever's in there or whatever they want to do at the time. Oh, mate, some of the uh, – got to give mad credit to the OBR boys. The uh, the footage and that, that they've been putting out this year, you know, some of the footage of Greg Gartner, some of the footage of Jack Simpson, yeah. and the footage of OBR themselves has just been amazing. It's been so high quality that it's um, it, it's 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 just that little step above. And, I mean, having a helicopter absolutely helps. It's that uh, – that next level up from a drone but uh yeah the boys are doing a, a fantastic job there yeah it's pretty cool the boys have got a pretty tight uh criteria at the moment now with uh especially huddy and then we had um yep another one of the really cool mates like doing sort of the other stuff while huddy was in the truck with Bo. yes uh so we sort of had footage in the shop and then um of this new truck coming in and then obviously the that and they're doing interviews and that which is pretty cool you know like it's yep. a pretty good opportunity for people and like yep. this is just sort of the thing that obr and smoothie and a few of the other teams do as well like yeah. uh, even patriot was hiring a chopper off smoothie yep a jet ranger at that as well so yeah yeah, yeah. big dogs that's uh pretty cool yeah they're getting around to that and yep. um you know and like i've seen some of the footage um i try not to get in too much footage myself because i'm a bit shy <laughs> you are a little bit shy yeah. um but yeah it's it's good and like full-on like um obviously obr have been in it for a long time and have always supplied really good footage but to uh be a part of it and see the whole behind the scenes and yep what actually goes into organizing everyone and the prep for it all and then uh, the cost involved is um yeah something else to talk about but, well i was laughing we were uh we were fortunate enough to be able to get Bo for a for a podcast just before yep. he came and recorded in Alice Springs with us. So, um, which we're super grateful for. For you know, uh, particularly we talk about Bo and Paul Wheel like giving up time in Alice Springs to us. So we're we're super grateful for that. But we laughed because when I said, "Oh man, people don't realise the amount of work that goes in for uh, goes into um, you know, even just ensuring that the cameras are turned on and everything like that." And, and Bo's response to that was just, 
No, they turn themselves on. That's what Huddy's for. Like yeah, so, yeah. yeah Huddy, shout out to Huddy. He does an awesome job in in getting all that footage for him and everything like that. Yeah. But mate, you just kind of breezed over a little bit there. The uh, the the KRE connection there. So tell us a little bit oh, about. Oh look, mate, it's been um, pretty cool. Like uh, for those who don't know about KRE, that's Kenny McNamara and his uh, family and all these boys and uh, you his know only make uh, V8 supercar engines for. Uh, Red Bull Racing. Yeah, so they got they've done they've done quite well there, and and everything they do, especially sprint cars and all that. Like he's Kenny's been around forever. Uh, they got a really tight show down there in Brisbane at uh, Redlands Bay and that. And uh, you know we were just sort of there at the start of the year, uh, working on Smoothie's truck and uh, getting the engine ready with a few new parts. And you know just because uh, we were there working on the truck, I'd use their lay the mill and stuff like that, and just you know caught a bit of a connection there and um then uh kenny sort of approached me and uh it's been pretty cool since and you know we just got a really good connection with uh working on stuff and like kenny's a bit busy man and he's in his team is too trying to get to the v8 supercars and that and like obviously off-road division isn't uh, as uh much throughput as his other stuff with the sprint cars and the v8 supercars and like he does a bit of stuff for other boats and then custom stuff for other people that he's worked with for a long time. Yep. And, uh, yeah, it's been cool to work with him. And uh, he's very open, Kenny, uh, very genuine. His whole family is, all these boys there. And, uh, you know, they, they really looked after me while I was there. And uh, it's sort of like uh, I feel like family now. I don't know if they feel the same, but yep, it's pretty cool that um, I can work with them and then uh, help out others as well. Yep. So, uh so you just started off going there helping out with with smoothies and, yeah, and bow right. motor yeah. and then um and are you helping them out with anything else or, or just mainly the off-road side of, of kre look i'd like to tell you but i have to kill you <laughs> sorry <laughs> no, no 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 there's no secrets man um yeah like um yeah hopefully there's a future with us like i, I genuinely like to continue just to be able to access all of that stuff. Like I'm in Toowoomba, it's only an hour and a half down to them and just to work with them or help out and just, you know, just get amongst it really. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That is uh, that is one thing I will say about Mickey B is if he doesn't know the answer to something, he will hunt and dig and chase it down until uh, until he gets there and knows exactly what he's looking for. So, um one of the other things that you you touched on, just probably going back a little bit, was the uh, the Outback Challenge there. When you talk about that car that was uh, relatively brand new, did you um were you were you mucking around with the shocks? You said you had bypass shocks. Yeah, they were just uh, oh gee, to be honest, I can't remember if they were twos or two and a halves. But what brand? <laughs> I cannot recall to be honest. <laughs> um. Yeah, you know, like uh, you lose a few brain cells along the way, as you know. Um, well, I've got to have some to start off with to lose some, so. Yeah, well, yeah, whatever's left, uh, yeah. But, um, yeah, to be honest, you know, we we really didn't touch much internally. We just did a few tubes or whatever, but it was fine for what we were doing, you know, like limited travel in a shorty, like only had a couple-inch lift and like 37 um, Cymaxes and that. Um yeah, so it's not really the big, long-flowing sort of stuff that you have in the off-road race and completely, you know, not completely different kettle of fish, but um, same principles. But, um, 
you know, got us through and the truck's still in the shed. I was talking to Crimo back down at uh, Lomead race last year and yeah, he's done a, he's done a fair bit more since that and uh, sort of I've been away off the scene for a fair bit and he's still poking away and but she's still in the shed and you know it's been stretched a bit further now and um it's to be continued pretty yes, much yep but, so um, has has been stressed so you mentioned crimo there he and the three car there he's tied in with uh running is it raw revolutionary yeah. off-road racing events ROE or whatever it is yeah yeah, yeah. So ROE, he's, yeah. yeah i've been catching up with the last two years down at low meet again and he goes down there and helps out and they do a good job like he gets around with the motorbike and that and sets the tracks up and aficionates it and helps out at night and yeah, they got a pretty tight crew down there, and old uh, Libby and that, and yes, Moscow and that, yep. and every all their other helpers and um, sponsors and that. Like it's a pretty tight show down there. Like me, it's pretty cool. Yes, yep. Last year was a pretty big year, um, coming out of COVID and that sort of stuff. Yep, one obviously one of their first events back after sort of getting out of the the COVID bubble. People allowed to travel. Yeah, so last year wasn't as big as the year before, actually. Oh. Interesting. And it was pretty hectic. Uh, people got pretty loose. It's, um, you know. By people, um, do you mean Mickey B? You know, everyone contributes, to be honest. Yes, yes. Um, it's a team effort. You know, and off-road racing, it's cool. Uh, winch challenges are cool. Um, you know, they're, we've spoken about it before, myself and your brother. And, um, you know, they're two different crews. But at the end of the day, people are just getting amongst it and yep. enjoying themselves yep. doing the best they can with what they can yep. uh, getting their families out there and you know money comes into the towns as well and people travel make a weekend out of it like like travel up from Toowoomba to go to it or yep. whatever people come from like Mackay and Townsville yes yep. stuff like that and a lot of locals from Rocky um, Gladstone Calliope people from Brisbane there was even the boys from TJM Toowoomba there as well uh in that three car team and um this is a pretty cool event with the three car but uh even libby was saying next year they hope to run like a single car series oh really yeah yep mm. so so of that separate to that event, so totally totally yeah. separate not within yeah. the three car yeah because the three yeah, car is usually in november yeah that's right yep. so they've been running that for oh a long remember. time a long time yeah so like you sort of keep that event there but then sort of bring in that yep um single car event herding a few goats but um they're sort of keeping control of the weeds and yes. that so the yep. cattle can get around but it's really cool in the creeks and all that and even last year like the creeks were flowing so as you know in the winch challenge series people like to um love the keep water the fluids up yes yes yeah and uh with the water flowing there's sort of shenanigans in the creek with blow up toys and jumping out of trees and yes yep well that's that's one of the, the great river. thing yeah one of the great things about clarkie is that uh water course i guess yeah. is probably the right description for and it right at the campsite like there. you can he's you've got free rain there and and like they got the big creek there with the diving board and the yes. swings out of the yep. trees and the water level's been pretty low last two years i mean like four or five years ago the thing was nearly full so yep but, but like, uh not to take anything away from it i mean no, uh, you were saying not. ab was down there with his kids and stuff like yeah, that yeah like, me and ab we had the blow up toys and yep. uh inflatables and that and we sort of had a bit of a belly Ruben flop yep yeah, good old Reuben and Walt, man. Yep. Actually caught up with them, Sav. He took the Unimog around to catch up with them. We 
it was the first time I took the Unimog following a few, uh, just a few little creeks and hills and yes. uh, had the boys in the front while AB was doing a bit of camera footage and we had a flexed out with the diff locks in. And yes. Yep. Old Unimog uh, didn't disappoint at all. Hey, that's the go. Now, why don't you run us through a few of the specs of this bad boy? Because what do you... I was talking to you last night on the phone as you were you were travelling up um, from what do you say forty two inch tires factory? Uh, they're like forty six or forty eight, something like that. Forty six inch tires factory. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I'm a twenty inch rim. Um, oh, big pimpin'. Yeah, pretty solid. I'll split rims, but um, yeah, you can obviously do the mods with the bead locks and the bigger, wider tires and that. But uh, yeah, they come at a price. Those tires at like twenty seven hundred dollars each. And, uh, yeah, you, there's a lot of mods you can do on that. But uh, this little weapon here, like even on the dash, it says it can forward 1,200 water before you actually have to engage four-wheel drive. And when it engages yes. four-wheel drive, it actually pressurizes the axles so no water's ingress. Yeah, righto. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so it's built really to cross deep water. Yeah, so basically, they're um, when they were originally built by Mercedes, the Unimog, and they were built as an actual tractor, like a farm tractor. So it's got eight speeds, um, high and low range, which is included in that. And basically, it's got a forward reverse lever as well. So you can do reverse as quick as you can do forward. So, so in theory, in the Unimog, you could do 85 k's an hour in reverse. Yeah, but hang on. <laughs> Hold up. Hold the show. I'm just a double, even, even I'm just in the double forward at 85. It's yeah, 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 yeah. Coffee, yeah, yeah. But was, like 85 is its max. Like I only turn it like 2700. Uh, I think it's red lines like 2850 or whatever. But yeah, it's sort of yeah, it rides pretty good. Um, but you know, a bit more weight on it to help help that bounce, especially with a cab over. Yes. But being coil sprung and all that, and it's. Um, triangulated torsion bar suspension uh it's pretty cool it's a it's a weapon mate I've, this is actually the closest i've ever got to a unimog so i'm pretty excited to see it at, at this point in time and, and even more excited to go for a little bit of a burn in it yep maybe a bit later on we might have to go up and trash dc's paddock with it straight up to um orange bowl yeah yeah yep yeah, or the super bowl <laughs> um we, we won't get there fast but that's that's very cool what you're saying about the uh the fact that it pressurizes the so it pressurizes the axles so that you don't have an issue with ingress of water. Yes. How does it do that? So basically, it, it, it's basically a truck, like a heavy rigid truck, and it has an onboard air system for the braking system, which yes. pretty much air over hydraulics on this one. Uh, so it doesn't actually have air boosters like a normal road truck, um, but it basically does that. So it's got the air supply for your high and low range gears, your park brake release, your trailer release, um, even for your uh, engine braking. Um, but it basically uses that system and trickles a bit of air into the axles to keep it positively pressurized. So if you do have a leaking seal or the quench of water, if you do forward water when it's hot, it doesn't... Uh, cool suck. too quickly and suck yeah, it in, that's yes. the contraction, yeah. So it doesn't suck that stuff in so you don't get any water in the oil. Yep off-road machine so what's the plan for this big girl mickey b oh look um the plan is probably to go chiropractor tomorrow <laughs> um because i've done a few k's in the last two days yes. but um yeah no major plans like you see them all getting around they're pretty cool with all the campers on the back and that was sort of a bit of a 
long-term goal, but at the moment it's sort of just a, a pickup truck for yep. stuff at the moment. But uh, I actually went to bring up a motorbike for my brother yesterday, but couldn't get the motorbike started. and Couldn't because get it onto the back? Could, like I bought ramps and that, but like it was too far from my house to get to like a loading ramp. But like <laughs> literally a normal highway truck is like 900 to a metre high. Yes. Whereas this is like up to my shoulder. Yep. Which is just... Um, yeah, it just couldn't happen at the last minute yesterday, Arv. So. Yep, yep. Just. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, mate. It, I, like I said, oh, this is the first time I've actually ever seen one up close and personal. And I reckon it's just an absolute beast of a thing, mate. I, I, the poor old Y62 is parked over there and it's uh, it's scared. It's it's not sure what's going on. Actually, here is the Y62. I heard you were going to be uh, pressurising the combustion chambers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where'd you hear that? Um, just a little birdie. Jeez, I'll tell you what, Mickey B. There's not much you don't hear. Yes, yeah, that is true. There is a uh, there is a plan to make Mum's shopping trolley a little bit faster. So I like I got to talk to Sandy. I mean, she is the boss. It's her. <laughs> it's her car. So I've I've got to ask if it's all right. But um, I don't know. Mike, you might have to sneak up on weekend and spend a weekend in the shed with me, and we'll we'll get it going. And don't they say it's better to ask for forgiveness rather than for uh, permission? Do not talk to me about that. <laughs> well, we'll move it on then. We'll uh, <laughs> we'll move on to the next. One of the things we're uh, we're interested in is you, like you said, you explained about what you do with uh, with smoothie and with bow and that. We're just wondering where do you see the uh, the next big progression in the sport? Like we've got, the, you know, we've got the full size trucks coming in now. So like I, I was genuinely shocked by the size of uh, of Paul's G six. And Bo's Mason truck, obviously a lot bigger than the uh, mm. the sixty one hundred trucks that Bo had before. Yeah, you know, Greg Gartner's truck, uh, Billy's truck, stuff like that. Um, do you think that uh, it, as we progress next year, the seven liters come in? Do you think the seven liter in the truck will, uh, and also in the pro buggies, like the pro buggies are allowed to run seven liter as well? Do you think that uh, as we step up that size and cubic capacity, we'll start to see bigger and bigger trucks start to land here in Australia? Um, to be honest, I'm not sure. Um, just from what like people say, um, you know, like, uh, it's same as like, uh, Bo was talking and you've been talking, um, you know, you get to that seven liter, you might get that extra, say 150, 200 horsepower. Uh, you get a bit more torque with the longer throw of the crank and stuff like that. Um, it, it'll come down to, um, yeah, bigger truck, bigger engine, but it still comes down to driver too, to be yep. honest. Yep, for sure. Um, being able to still keep that package within the RPM range of those heavily loaded trucks because, to be honest, I don't know how much heavier they are. They're definitely bigger when we got them in the shed compared to, like, Bo's uh, geyser and then the new Mason there sitting and then we got smoothies beside it. Um, like, they're beautiful. Because smoothies thing. is a 6100 truck, isn't it? Yeah, yes. it's basically nearly the same as Billy's and uh, Bo's and all those sort of trucks that were built within the last, say, 10 years, um, being the 6100 and that, and then they get into the new Mason. It's obviously a little bit wider, a little bit longer, uh, obviously a little bit heavier, um, stuff like that. And um, it's... Um, packages the way these things handle 
different seating positions, um, all that sort of stuff. And uh, it all comes together at the end of the day, I guess. And with the development of these weapons over in America and also the people in America, in Australia here that are building stuff, it's constantly evolving and all these new little things and, you know, even parts and stuff like that. Parts are a big drama at the moment. Like yep. getting parts for engines or axles um, and with these new masons when they come in and the new four-wheel drive things like getting your head around all that sort of stuff and, uh, you know, because obviously all that sort of stuff's probably proprietary to each builder and obviously you'll have to deal with them and and wait times on that sort of stuff it's not as if you can just ring up you're super cheap and say you know yeah well this sort of thing i want to i want an oil filter for a uh for a mang mang commodore yeah yeah just um a couple of z z9s rikos <laughs> it should be right you know yep yep obviously that's the uh that's the problem you're starting to deal with very customized uh, parts for these for these trucks and these buggies and stuff like that, but yeah. So um, so you you you're saying that the uh, particularly with the trucks, the the seven the seven liters will be a little bit of an advantage, but but probably not the. It probably evens out a bit because obviously you got you, you got a bigger truck. Um, everyone's obviously running forties now. Yes. Um, sort of at that point where they've gone from the five stud to the six stud yes. to beef up. You know you. Yeah, wheel hubs and stuff like that, just to maintain those bigger tires and heavier yep. wheels. And because that was the drama that Billy had at Fink, didn't he? He lost a rim and a tire on uh, on Sunday on the way down, and I think he was saying essentially the the forty is just too big a rim for his five stud, and so the the next mod that they're looking at uh, that making is going to that six stud to to handle the forties. Yeah, right. So we had similar sort of drama. We had. Uh, a wheel come loose on the rear, but it made it made it down the other end. We we um, oh, Reese hooked in and uh, sorted that hub out. Got us going. Oh, got him and Smoothie going again for the next day. Yes. Um, but it comes down to two. Like these wheels have done X amount of races, been tightened yep. up so many times, yep. and like it's an aluminium wheel on a steel stud, a steel nut. Uh, you know, nothing's quite perfect anymore, and everything moves that little bit. So. I actually had one of the wheels repaired the other day by a local engineering shop and then sort of cleaned up the others and put new spaces on to try and eliminate those sort of wear issues and stuff like that. But it's all those sort of things that uh, with our races, because we're doing like wheels every 200 Ks or 400 Ks, you're putting freshies on the rear, whereas in like the American races, they'll do like a couple hundred miles. Yes. Whereas we're always sort of touching stuff and checking stuff like, the human factor comes in yes. as well, you know. Yep. So there's all those little things that add up, and before you know it, you have a problem, and um, you try and learn from it. And um, you know, it's basically the same as like Marcel was saying a couple of weeks ago about you know there's sort of points where you get you're just like we just need new stuff. Yes. Stuff's yep. good, but you just don't know. Yep. It's fresh stuff, and you know you might change things out after a season or two seasons. Yes. But you just have to do it. Yep, yep. So, like Mick was uh, talking about the fact that he needed to change out uh, lifters. Lifters. That's yes. right. Geez, good memory, Mickey B. Yeah, he uh, he needed to change out lifters. And um, what one of the things? That, so, what you're saying is you you believe particularly with the five studs and the the forty inch tires and stuff like that on the on the trucks that your your rims basically become a, a throwaway or like they have a they have a lifespan. Yes, that's it. Yeah, it's a cycle. Yeah, 
Um, yeah, I guess because yeah, we touch them so much. Like you go to prologue, you put the thirty sevens on yes. without having to touch the underdrive. Yep. Uh, with the turbo four hundred, so the boys around in the thirty sevens, and then uh, come race, we'll put the forties on. So you know, you got human factor there as well. Yep. You know, undoing and tightening up stuff. Like, yep. You can only do up a thread so many times, and then yield a stud or a thread yep to its point so many times you know yeah and i guess like you said fink is a um is a very <sighs> is a very busy weekend as well mm. like you said the tires come on and off uh, the rims come on and off a lot a lot of times so um it, you're right you might get to the place i'm not saying it, it is what happened in the race for for billy or for smoothie but you're saying yeah you could have accidentally missed not tightening up one and uh and then that has a bit of a bit of a knock-on effect well mickey b i actually got a bit of a question He's not here to ask it himself, but he's making me ask. He said he wants to – it's from Danny Curran on Facebook. He said he wants to – what does Mickey B think about going the other way? Would a super lightweight build be something that could work specifically in, I would say, 650 horsepower and 1,300 pound? Uh, yeah, definitely. But as we're talking, everything has a cycle. Um, you know, you build a lighter frame or whatever. Um, obviously, these trucks are – uh, well, majority of the trucks we have here in Australia, their geysers and stuff like that are sort of built in America for their conditions, bigger, heavier sort of stuff to do those longer races. You know, we do a lot of shorter stuff, I guess, but at the end of the day, like these geysers are like, some of them are 10 years old. You might weld a few cracks here or there, mainly in the suspension and stuff, but like chassis, you, you haven't had to do much. Like I know Bo and Drew early in the days put a lot more, uh, rigging in, like especially their rear end in the chassis to support their control arms and stuff like that. And yep. like you see that now in all the guys' trucks. Um, those little sort of things, uh, like you could probably reduce weight a bit, but it's sort of that point where uh, like the Americans do those big races and fully strip it down because they have like bare chassis to inspect cracks and that, whereas some of ours are powder-coated, some aren't. So it's sort of do you pull them down every race and attend to every crack if it's a lot lighter? Yes. Or you just build it heavy and, or not really heavy, but to be able to handle like a couple of seasons and then yes, sort of just keep a consistency. Yep. Yep. Or just go like a few people you know, I won't mention their names, but Hell for Leather. Yes. Greg Gardner. No. <laughs> Bo Robinson. <laughs> Kelfie. No, no, it is that uh, it is that interesting site like uh, conversation to have about off road racing. You know, we were talking about, you know, it's probably one of the only motorsports in the world where you actually add a little bit of weight to uh, to make your car work better through the rough and stuff like that. I mean, even even in the real world, we know some of our um, some of our work utes. I do work for a company, and um, they've got a couple of two hundred series, and then they just recently brought a uh, a DMW chopped. Uh, lengthened 200 series dual cab and um, it it was actually much easier to get the suspension working uh, properly on it and get it riding better over sort of consistently over all surfaces because of that extra weight and extra length in the wheelbase yeah so so, like i've dealt uh i've spoken to a few boys in Toowoomba because that's where i'm based and like basically with even the um dual cabs and that you've literally got to go that 650 mil extension yep. if you want to carry weight otherwise yep. those things cannot tow at all yep yep otherwise why do they just get a bit un- uh, a bit tweaky a bit uncomfortable 
Yeah, so like obviously with the like the seventy nines and that, like the track correction difference between the front and rear plays a role. Did you mention seventy well. nine? Danny Curran's not here to say game changer when we talk about a seventy nine. So, oh, so I you just... only deal with seventy sixes. <laughs> <laughs> I like it because you've got a seventy six, don't you? Yeah, she's been a little taxi for the last two months out at Alice Springs, and yes. uh, did a bit of taxi service for Bo, bringing his. Um, expired uh fresh mason back from down apertula which was uh pretty cool to tow that yep rather uh expensive bit of jewelry behind the cruiser yeah yeah i was was on my best behavior yeah Uh, so what you're saying is you essentially behind your cruiser you were towing half a cruiser in value (laughs) quarter of that (laughs) times and and, and actually in all honesty you can probably get a new mason quicker than you can get a new uh a new 70 series at the moment yeah right um I could probably wait, to be honest. <laughs> oh, I love it. But sorry, sorry to hijack your conversation there. Yeah, but you were saying about the uh, the extra length and the extra the, the six fifty mil in the wheelbase just makes it more stable, makes it more happy and and a bit more consistent in its suspension. Yeah, it's probably the same as like you got to compare it. Like a lot of people do go the Dodge Rams or the Chevys or the uh, Fords. They're just a long, big truck wider truck uh have got the torque and horsepower to start with and yep. the drivetrain to do it and like those animals i i don't know what they can tow but they can tow like six and a half tons straight up yep without even questioning it yep yep and like they'll idle along at like a thousand rpm yes You said a 200 or a 79 or a 76 up, you're looking at 150, 200 grand to set them up properly. And but at the end of the day, like you're at that same price as a brand new yep. pickup from America. Yep. Um, it just depends on where you want to go. Whether, like, to be honest, I don't know how the Chevys or the American pickups go off road, but a lot of the Aussies are right into the cruises and their off-road ability and you know, yep. pour a lot of money into it. And that's it, cool. And like people can do whatever they want. Good on them. And um, like, I'd love to do it myself, but I, I'm not that much off-road anymore at the moment, but yep. more into sort of towing services really. But <laughs> Exhibit A right behind <laughs> us. Is, is, is that something maybe in the future that you see for Mickey B's R&D? It, maybe it, it could live at Alice Springs. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe, it, maybe it enclosed back, uh, you know, a big generator or some solar panels and an inverter and, and a bit of a motor. Uh, probably just picking up broke ones. <laughs> a few ramps at the yes, back. Yes, yes, coffee. Probably a tilt ramp, so yes. it's easy. But, um, yeah, it's just one of those options. All the boys with these new trucks, they're looking at different options. Like, obviously, these new ones are bigger and wider. Can't really fit in uh, the current transporters and that. Yes. And, it's sort of at the point. So, so does that mean? Sorry, yeah, that's a fair point. So, like Bose Mason, does that mean that it uh, it won't fit in the truck that that OBR has at this point in time? Yeah, it got to Alice in their truck. Yes, um, it had to have like fully stripped and thirty seven. So and no stuff guards like or that. anything like just, that on just it. Just to yep. get it in, but um, you know, like with uh, their setup, it's a pretty big show. It's a really cool show, and they run a tight ship. But old Drew and the boys do a really good job. Yep. Um, but uh, sort of like 
we sort of tour around as a bit of a team, Smoothie and Bo. Yes. And uh, it's a pretty big show, cool show, awesome show. But um, I think we got sort of access to like a A double or a B double. Yes. Uh, in the future, just to sort of get them together. And then like we do a lot of myself and Reese and Drew and Brady and Jakey and the boys like uh, driving the transporters yes. to and from their bases yep. and each race or wherever we do maintenance. So it's sort of the point where teamed up and um, it's sort of a point you put them on like that B, big A double or B double and sort of hire another driver. So it takes a bit of load off us guys and um, someone who's a professional at that sort of stuff. Professional can, at what he does for sure. Yeah. And good on those blokes that live on the road all the day. Like yep. I've been doing it for a little bit and um, like I was saying today, like in the last four months, I've travelled with the racing team done just under 15,000 Ks. Oh, crazy, man. Like we said, yeah. there's some people that probably don't do 15,000 Ks in a year. Yeah, that's right. But yep. then you get the professionals, like the good blokes or all those blokes and females that drive trucks, like I'll punch out a 1,000 a day. Yep. 30,000 a month. Within the logbook. Within the logbook. Yeah, it depends <laughs> on which territory and, yeah. or WA, yeah. <laughs> yep. So – so your uh, what what does your schedule look like coming up for you now? So you stayed behind in Alice Springs for a little bit. You prepped yeah, uh, we did, smoothies uh, truck. Did an extra two weeks there after that. Uh, prepped smoothies and helped out the OVR team with uh, their sort of stuff with the old Mason and give Drew and Brady and Jake a hand with um, removal of the uh, expired engine in the new Mason and uh, just a bit of a clean up and. Uh, whatever our plans are to move to the next race. Like uh, we've got smoothies prepped up. So probably in three to four weeks time, I'll head back to Alice, yep. uh, pick it up and head down to the next race. So it's there. Which is Love Day. Yeah. Yep. I think Love Day. Yep. 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 From Alice down to that and then um, see what happens at that race and then uh, probably take it either back to Alice or back up to Queensland and prep it so we can go back down to the High Marsh one. Yes. And, yep. Rainbow. Uh, yep. And then it's back over to Western Australia, which is which Kalgoorlie, is yeah. yeah, Bose and Smoothie's hometown, yeah. aren't they? They essentially they are Western Australians. Yeah, so they well, Bo and his team have always been there, uh, I think. Uh, Smoothie resides there now, I'm pretty sure, but he's a Queenslander. Yes, uh, originally, but uh, he's over there as well now, and um, sort of been working out of their shed and uh, teaming together out there, but. Uh, be good to get back over to Kalgoorlie. Um, been there a few times on my, on my travels and that. Uh, but for the race? Been, no, no I this, been to this the will race be the first yet. time no. for the race. Yep. I missed it last year because of COVID and that. Like, I couldn't afford to do a two week quarantine yes. there, then come home, do another two weeks. Yes. So, Reese looked after him back then and uh, Smoothie and the boys had a race over there. And um, it'd be good to get over there because apparently it's a really cool race. Man. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people have said it's. Um, it's one of those awesome races that just has to be on the on the bucket list. It's sort of really picked up and taken over from where Gas Dash sort of left yep. off a little Gas bit. Going, so yeah, yeah, because yeah, Kalgoorlie is another one of those awesome events which um, which has the bikes and the cars. So yeah, it, it's, it's that pretty it's cool. A, it's pretty accessible. Like it's only just off that. Um, well, it's not far out of Kalgoorlie, I believe. Essentially, you can stay in Kalgoorlie and 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 travel to and from the race every day quite easily. Yeah, as far as I'm aware, but like even like. If people are traveling to Perth or who reside in Perth, like it's 600 k's out of town and yes. not really that much off, you know, that main road heading west. Yep. 
So, um, so Perth to Kalgoorlie is only about 600 Ks. I think it's just over. It's yep. like going from Rocky to Brisbane, yep. really. Yeah. yeah, yeah, which is nothing. Yeah. So if you listen at home and you and you live in Perth, get your ass to Kalgoorlie. Yeah, and uh, the boys rave about it, and uh, it's pretty open track, and it's got so many more opportunities. The boys tell me, uh, Kalgoorlie's pretty cool. Um, yep. Mining's pumping at the moment. COVID's yeah, dead. There's plenty of people there, and I've uh, been there a few times, and um, yep. a few times uh, the the Royal Exchange has been good to me, to be honest. <laughs> well, we're we're petitioning it. I mean, oh, I don't want to pump my own tires up, but I'm willing to do it because that's the kind of guy I am. But like, you know, we. You know, this podcast has got some pulls. You know, we got we got the petition going about Bojangles, <laughs> and now it's open, like or will be open. Yeah. So you know, we're getting it done. We we want to start a bit of a, a movement that we reckon there should be like a, a desert challenge series going on. So like I reckon, think the Don River and Kalgoorlie should join forces yeah. and become like a uh, a bit of a desert tri series, and and we and we we. Uh, you know, we, we crown a, a king of the desert. Could you do a best in the desert? Oh, well, it'd have to be like pretty good in the desert. We couldn't do best in the <laughs> desert. You know what I mean? We, you know, Aussie, Aussie desert. Yeah. Yeah. There might be, there might be a little bit of uh licensing dramas there with best <laughs> in the desert. But the other one I said the other day is I reckon like we could have an Ironman series. So yeah, think on a bike and a car. Yeah. Don on a bike and a car. Yeah. And, right. then, and then Kalgoorlie on a bike and a car. Coffee. And and we could pretty much crown the hardest man or woman in off road yeah. racing in Australia. Yeah, right. That's um, that would be a feat. Yeah, yeah. It would like to do it once. Like Dan and I were in shock. Like uh, obviously with our commentary gig at Fink this year, we had a bit of info coming. In. We were shocked that there were there were three people doing the double this year at Fink. Two girls and a guy. Like to Craig, be honest, I did not have any idea what's that. I had no idea or info that that was actually happening but yeah. that's amazing oh i think i i reckon it's time that Fink actually nominates it or recognizes it as mm. a as a class and we, and we crown a winner so like your your, your time from your bike and your car combined yeah and uh and, and we crown an, an overall iron man or iron woman yeah right eh? we probably have to give trumps to the originator of this too hey billy go gettys mate the billy mad G, the, the man the, the mad dog himself yeah it was a bit of a theory that was thrown around in Central Queensland fires every every once in a while, and then and then we talk about it again. Imagine, I mean, like we said, uh, you know, it, it's a possibility. He's running out of time, so he'll, he'll have to throw the leg over the bike again pretty soon. But imagine the year if we see uh, Toby go one and one. Uh, <coughs> yep, um, that would be, that would just be mind blowing to see someone win the car and the bike category in the same year. Like it, it's mad props to him for winning the car and the bike mm. category in different years. Yep. But like that's just a man that has, you know, talent dripping and everywhere. Not biased or anything, but to be honest, oh, don't start the man a for truck. the job. Nah, yeah, yeah, the yeah, ab- absolutely. Job. Actually, uh, I recall you boys saying to me the other day because as here we go, we're about to get thrown under the bus. Do or don't know uh, the Karens are buggy dorks. Uh, people know it. People <laughs> and, know it. Um, you know, I, I love a big old lounge chair myself. <laughs> and um, uh, they actually said to me the other day, uh, I don't know whether they're called the trophy trucks because they never get them, but... Uh, <laughs> Got to eat a bit of humble fire on that one, mate. Let's have a think a few times. Yeah, that's to right, Toby. He's pretty much unbeatable at the moment. He, he pretty much is unbeatable on that track at the moment. Like, that's yeah. two years in a row that he's gone uh, 
pole position, so fastest in qualifying, fastest down, set a record. And the whole way. The whole way. That's yep. right. Yeah, it's it's super, whole job super impressive. And and what like we we talked about it previously is one of the most impressive things is uh is people aren't widget or complaining about it. Every, the talk around the pits in the cars is you know how how do we step our game up so that we we can beat this guy? Yeah, no, it's good, and uh, he's a bit of a magnet, old Tony. Uh, Tony, yeah, good old Tony Rice. Um, but like he deserves it, mate. Like you, like him on a motorbike, and just talking to him in the back blocks and stuff like that. Anytime I catch up with him, or you know, when I was first introduced to him, he's just a genuine bloke. Yeah. Yep. down to earth and just there for a job and um you know he's got uh everything like really good family and people yep. supporting him and but he's just so genuine and makes it happen and and, yep. and he takes stuff too and he's just there to enjoy it and make the best of it and um yep. we only got to look at the part of it you only got to look at the lineup that was there to get toby price's autograph on thursday night and friday night and mate, every person that come through, you know, he was just as enthusiastic to to be able to, you know, get a photo with that kid or, or make yeah, that dream. Definitely. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Like he's he's great for the sport, and I, and yep. it's always the way. Like we talk about it, um, you know, I was only talking about it the other day with when Dave and Shannon were at the peak of their powers, buggy dogs, gun to windy. You know, uh, yep. I remember going to that race, and then you know it was the it was you know Bo, Travis, Dave, and Shannon that mm-hmm. were sort of you know it forced everyone else to step their game up. You know, you saw guys come through the packs like AJ, Glenn Owen, yep. uh, Matty Owen, you know, like you, you just had this influx of people that got faster and faster and only made the race racing better and better. Like, so yep. I'm excited to see if, if Toby continues to race. The thing that made me super excited is the fact that the truck was in good condition when he got back to Alice Springs. Yeah. And uh, one of the first statements out of his mouth is, well, I'm keen to pack this truck up and go and race another track. Yep. So excited to see the fact that we're going to see Toby in that uh, that Tisco truck, mm. not only at Fink, but we're going to start to see it at, at another race. We might see him at, like, Gundy's not far down the track for him. Maybe we'll see him over at Kalgoorlie. Hopefully, you know, we'll, well see him at Don Well, even last time he was at Gundy in the, the little side-by-side, yes. he, he was in the top, what was he, third or fourth? Uh, uh, 2020 or 19 was it 19 i think it was mate yeah. yeah yeah he was inside the top 20 in a can-am yeah like he was smashed he was basically in the lineup at the end of the day which yes. is pretty cool yeah yeah absolutely but, but from memory i was sitting up there with your brother in the commentary box yep you weren't there but um here we go i recall toby coming in without a sign on the top of his roof ah so you reckon it had been over Oh, he might have just gone under a low branch or yeah, whatever. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. Yeah, sometimes those roof numbers aren't exactly bolted on that well. Yeah, yeah, stuff yeah. like that. You yeah. know, it's just a consumable or lose a bit of weight along the way. Yes, you know yep, I mean? smart, smart. Like somehow those truck boys. Trophy they, truck bonnets. They magically fenders, lose bonnets, yeah. exactly yeah. right. Or rear guards seem to be the ones that go missing a, a fair bit as well. It's surprising like last year and this year, um, you know, you used to back in the day seeing a truck come in. Um, because they take a bit of a wide track or a they bit of a always short track. Do. Yep. Coming in without bonnets or rear guards and that. There's yep. quite a lot come in in not a bad condition last year and this year, to be honest. Yes. At at Fink. At Fink, yes. Yep. Yep. Yes. Well, one of the crazy things at Fink, mate, was the uh the fuel burn this year. So like oh, tell me about it. You you guys would have been in the same boat, I assume. But yeah, uh we basically had it brimming full day. Yes. Both days and like we got it back to the shop and I literally only got nineteen liters out of the tank. Yep. And yep. 
I think the boys were sort of running a bit lean in those last couple of berms. Yep, so they, they backed it off a little bit because Greg Gartner was one that had, had fuel issues. Like, he yeah. actually stopped coming into the stadium right. and uh, lost a few positions and a, and a fair bit of time there. And then uh, talking to Bill as well, he said that he went over the, the 35K June and uh, she let a bit of a pop out. And obviously, because of his dramas on um, on Sunday, he decided to just take the foot off the gas a little bit and sort of 85% at home. Yep. So those 6,100 trucks, are they 270 litres of fuel? That's correct, yes. Yeah, so, but so, um, a few of the boys have bigger tanks, like uh, Bo, um, Billy, stuff like that, do have bigger tanks. But the race fuel we're using now, like uh, we burn quite a bit. And if you get down to that, say, 0.7 of a kilometre per <laughs> litre, you're just so like, crazy. you're not going to make it yep. on 240Ks, to be honest. Yeah, yep. Yeah, but we so we we pretty much lucked out. Like we brimmed it like right up before we took off, but we also had a. Uh, so sorry, you, you, so essentially in the morning you filled it full, warmed the truck up, drove it down to the start line to come home, or or to go to the go to Alice or come home from Alice, and then filled it full of fuel again at the start line. Yeah, I'll say it was brimming. Yep. at the start line. Yep. Yeah, but um, we did have a. Uh, uh, closed loop lambda problem so we turned that off so yeah we actually probably lucked out in that part so we uh basically where the motec takes over and uh deals with its air fuel ratio if we had that turned on we probably would have run out to be honest so we turned that off and just follow it followed the base map yes and just dealt with it accordingly yep whereas when you go live in the closed loop it'll sort of adjust fuel positive or negative depends on our tune we're like 10 percent either side yes so we sort of one of those things that fails sort of probably helped us out to be honest yes and uh got us to the end yeah so you you were saying you had about 19 liters of fuel left when you when you got home yeah, yeah which that is... was basically pumping out of the tank with the actual fuel pump in it yes and obviously they got a little trap door in the center to supply the fuel mat but you know if 19 litres across a tank that's, say, 1,200 wide yes. by 900 uh, the other way. Yep. You're basically three or four mil deep of fuel in the yep. bottom. So without giving away too many secrets there, you, I heard you mention fuel mat. So the uh, the truck runs a fuel mat, one of those Holly fuel mats rather than uh, a… No, uh, sorry, Holly, who's that? Uh, yes. Motec, man. Motec fuel mat, sorry, yes. Yeah, so it's basically all Motec. Electronics, the PDM, yes. dashes, the engine controller. Yep. Uh, all the CAN bus stuff. Yes. And you basically. So, Holly make a fuel mat now as well. Uh, sorry. Yes. Yeah. You're talking about the fuel mat. Yes. yes. Yeah. Sorry. Not fuel sorry. map. M A P M A T. Yes. Yep. Sorry. So, so that, 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 that's just something I'm interested in because it's something we've looked into. Yeah, so, hydrogen... so it, it eliminates the need for a surge tank and everything like that. So, the, oh, ours and, as far as everyone else I know, have like a little dam in the center with trap doors, but it race basically runs like the Holly hydrodynamic or hydroscopic mat in it. So basically when it's wet, it can supply a large surface area to the one pickup. Yes. And we still run that in the center in the fuel dam with the trap doors. So it's sort of got a bigger surface area for you know, when you're tipping it in or moving or whatever, when that fuel moves around, apply back on the top of that as well to uh, supply as much fuel as you can to keep that uh, fuel rail 
system fully charged because if you get air and it'll drop off your fuel pressure from say 54 or 56 psi the motex can deal with that positive or negative either side of that yep but you you want to try and keep it in its parameter yes charge full of fuel because if you start uh going it'll still maintain the pulse width modulation on the injectors for a certain amount of fuel for your air fuel ratio but if you go lean of that, basically these engines are that high strung. If you add not enough fuel, your temperature, combustion temperature goes back up and basically you'll just melt pistons, valves, score the bores, and then it's just, it's all over. Yep. So one of the great things uh, about these fuel mats is they, uh, also in the same deal, they don't need to be fully covered. Like my understanding of is they don't need to be fully covered. Like they could... Uh, if you're say a little bit of surge going around a corner and say, you know, the fuel slops up to the, to the side and, and only three quarters of it is covered, it, it will still supply very good fuel to the fuel pump yeah. uh, without aeration or anything like that. So it doesn't really need a depth. It relies on a larger surface area. Yes. And basically the hydroscopics of it all, when it's wet, it'll let the fuel through, but when it's not wet, it'll close all those sections. Yes. So it uses what is available. Yes. To be sucked up to those pumps as priority. Yep. Technology is a pretty pretty cool thing, mate. Yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. Yeah. Yep. And like you said, it, it's no different to you talk about the uh, the PDM and everything like that, like all that MoTeC mm. equipment. It, it, it's it's unbelievable the the technology that are in these cars. I guess we talk about them being essentially unlimited vehicles in this uh in this day and age and and it is one of the only sports in the world where um where when we talk about an unlimited class they are there are they are truly unlimited there is no other than a motor size i guess so not truly unlimited and we're not going to get into that debate tonight that might be a that might be a later on a round table we might get a few more more players in the game involved in this one and we might have to do a special just on, on that alone but um yeah, it's one of those interesting ones where any form of technology is allowed to be run in these cars as long as you fit within that uh, that motor. And yeah, some of the things that that Motec are coming up with and other computer companies as well is just is second to none. That the PDM that uh, that Nick's talking about is a, a power distribution module, and it's actually CAN bus controlled, and it will automatically switch uh, all your electronic devices on or off for you. So I, I guess one of the, the simple great devices or one of the great simple uses for it is, for example, if you're, say you store your car while you're racing, um, you know, when you go to start that car, it will, so you can get as much battery power as you need to your starter or as you require to your starter, starter motor, it'll automatically turn off your lights, your fans, your blowers, your, you know, any electronic devices that are, that are controlled through the PDM. And then once the car, say, starts and idles for 10 seconds and, and knows that everything's healthy and within a certain set of parameters from the MoTeC, it'll actually um, it'll actually start to repower everything again. So, yeah, in the heat of the moment, you know, you're not trying to crank your car over while your, um, you know, while your lights are on, your blowers are on and everything like that. Yeah, technology is just one of those absolutely amazing things that uh is just continuing to move more and more forward in in off-road racing so um yeah it's a, it's a beautiful thing so mickey b i'm gonna throw it out here to you unlimited budget mickey b's got all the time in the shed everything he needs to do 
He's building himself an off-road race car. What are you building? Unimog. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I'm going to steal a leaf out of your book right now. Yeah, copy. Um, to be honest, uh, man, I love trucks. Uh, buggies are cool. But at the end of the day, um, just the thump of a proper V8 truck uh, and down the road, just hitting whoops, you know, just dancing around, dropping a few legs, stuff like that, and just basically the body sitting flat. Um, look, uh, I'd love to be able to do my own project from scratch. Um, I'd need to spend a lot more time on the CAD. I do a bit of CAD, but um, to be able to put the man hours in to build something specifically uh, to what I've seen around or maybe even ideas I've got myself, um, which could be different to other people. And uh, like, there's a lot more smarter, smarter people than me out there building those trucks. And it obviously proves because like, obviously I, I haven't built one. They're doing it and have success and <clears throat> stuff like that. Um, I'd honestly, would love to do my own thing from scratch, but you know, obviously, use a lot of ideas that other people have. Yep. But it would definitely be a big lounge, Jeremy. A truck? Yes. Yep. So you you probably touched on a little bit there, but I did hear you talking about it. But a V eight, or would you go a a, a turbo <coughs> three point five yeah. liter? Excuse me. <coughs> <coughs> probably front and rear mount. V eights. Two V. <laughs> I know it's been done before, but... Um, Stealing a, a leaf out of that RPM geyser. Double or nothing, baby. I like it. I like it. So is that a loophole in cams? I've said you can only have a seven-liter engine, but they didn't say you could have two seven-liter. They couldn't not have two seven-liter engines. Yeah, well, I suppose, how do you specify it? I'd probably have to talk to uh, a lady I know in Alice Springs who's a lawyer <laughs> about logistics of um, you know seven-liter, but one drives the front, one drives the rear. Yes, Yep, I like uh, it. There's no specification saying it has to, you know, power the whole truck yep. on one engine. Yep. And so then, uh, so we've we've landed on V8 truck. Certain gearbox. What gearbox would you run? Oh, Turbo man. 400, Albans, Masonmatic. Uh, to Fort, be honest, Fortin make a Fortin make a gearbox for trucks as well. To be honest, or. Because I've never actually raced one, like I, I just warm them up. That's about it. So yep. I've never hit anything or raced one. Well, I was going to say you've got to service them, so you've probably got a good idea about the the time and cost and damage that gets done. Oh, to... the the four hundreds are pretty reliable. You know, you put the right gear in them, keep the maintenance up to them, the right torque converters, keep an eye on your temperatures, uh, your shear factor on your oil. The four hundreds are pretty cool. They are quite limited. Like you run the drop box on the rear, um, stuff like that. If you've got a pretty good budget, like they do cost money, but when you step up into like a sequential, um, full custom Albans or whoever else does them, I'm not sure there's a few mobs out there. Like the money does add up. Yep. But uh, that, you know, having those six gears can yep. keep you in your torque range for whatever engine package you've got or. Yes whatever tyre or whatever powertrain package you've got in the rear end. Uh, just depends on, you know, people who have money or have experience to decide uh, which way they want to go and can compare it, to be honest. Yep. But I think, you know, having the opportunity of like a six-speed sequential 
Uh, I know that buggy of yours. What's it? A it's two, a, it'll be a five. Five speed. Yeah, five <laughs> speed. You peanut. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, Gammon. <laughs> Did you just call my buggy Gammon? No, no. Come on, mate. I, I mean, I was Gammon. Come joking. on, mate. No, oh, it's really? not buggy. I gave her a little kiss tonight. I yeah, yeah, good. Good. I, I was actually a bit nervous to go into the shed to see what was going on in there. There was, I, I mean, you know, this is live. Like, this is going out. To yeah. Facebook and YouTube right now, so like you've just admitted to your trophy truck mates that you you went and had a moment with a pro buggy, like yeah, just my little side girlfriend, like <laughs> your um, side piece. They can judge me, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, side piece is all right. People know about it, but anyway, I like it. I like. Oh, look, it it is a bit. It's a bit different. It's it's a V eight as well. So good old girl. She's uh she's still representing for those uh those V eight push rod life. We won't it's, talk, it's we won't talk about the push rod, but isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, look. no, that's right. You do have push rods. <laughs> it's the way I to go. Yeah, the same though. <laughs> Copy, but uh, yeah, yeah, it is a little bit. No, nothing too fancy with um, with uh, overhead cams or anything like that. It's still a single cam under the heads. Yeah, it you know that old school mentality, but uh, it's a bit of a bitter, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's a good old girl. But uh, one of the uh, one of the other interesting questions is, uh, or, or thoughts, I guess, is um, you know, there's smoothie coming in with the the four wheel drive truck, and it's it's just your opinion. I know that they haven't been raced here in Australia or anything like that, but smoothie's got a four wheel drive. I'm told, yes, yes, yeah, obviously. Well, look, it's it's out there. Well, it, it's oh. got to be out there. I mean. Neil, so, Neil, just so everyone knows, well, I Neil, have no socials myself. So well, that's what I was about I'm to say. Sheltered. Yeah, yeah. I just, I, I, I just fed information. I just had to put that out there for Mick. It's not like some secret because uh, Neil Mason, like Mason Motorsports, has been putting posts up and tagging Brent Smoothie in their Aussie spec four wheel drive right. trophy trucks. Yeah. So I just it, get shown stuff. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. So, you, you, it, so you're not going to get in trouble, mate. You're not, you're not letting secrets out of the bag here. But um, one of the, um, one of the other cool builds at the moment that i'm super interested to see is um is danny brown's got a all-wheel drive a lumacraft buggy Coffee. getting built so we're gonna have a little bit of a um shout out swaffy though yeah <laughs> subway subway fresh. <laughs> uh sorry to the people listening at home there's a lot of in jokes going on but the um yeah it's going to be a little bit of an interesting battle in the future we're going to see a um you know a seven liter powered four-wheel drive trophy truck we're going to see a seven liter powered because i i did get the a little bit of info out of danny brown the other day it's a it's a seven liter getting built for that so they're going to race it in the states for a bit and then um do you know who's building the engine i believe joe gibbs oh yep so that's one of those interesting ones as well man like we talk that's toyota yeah 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 must be a toyota toyota base if if that's the plan but um oh man we've got all the all the live people coming in with, hey, we know we've made it, mate. We're actually getting hacked. At, not hacked. That's not the right term. But we, we're getting a few comments on YouTube that are talking like about. Get him off. Uh, no, not get him off, actually. More like uh, more like uh, cheap Tinder and stuff like that. So that's not me. Put, well, that's not me putting that up, mate. But that's how you know you've made it. When Someone you're doing... hacked into my phone. Or... <laughs> a coffee. But, yeah, just interested on, on your thoughts of, I guess a little preempt or where you think the four wheel drive, uh, what's the right word I'm looking here? The four wheel drive scope in off-road racing is going to lead us. Uh, look, I'm, 
I'm excited to be a part of it and uh, been open to a lot of opportunities here. And uh, obviously with these new com- trucks coming in, being exposed to them is awesome to be. Uh, to be honest, like I haven't, like I've only off road right. to myself so i can really only go off what other people say like it depends on the track like when we were at Pooncary, like we even changed tire pressures lowered them right down and stuff because like the ruts were so deep it was sort of like think the boys were telling me like yes sort of heavy like nearly as heavy as uh don river race yes um so and then you know all those little point zero ones or point one of a second on each corner Yep. When you can not have to speedway into it, I guess. Yes. And be able to sort of hug it instead of railing the berm to keep your momentum up and sort of stay in those ruts with these bigger tires and better suspension now. The um all those little ones, they add up. And yep. uh it's interesting to see because you know, I haven't been a part of it or had the feeling or really analyzed any data of you know, doing multiple laps on a short course to be able to compare something. Yes. Uh, obviously, with different drivers, it will suit, like people who just point and shoot. Yep. Whereas people who sort of come from like a motorbike background, used to rail and berms or, yes. you know, hitting apexes and stuff like yep. that and a bit off-road, ra- uh, on-road racing and stuff like that. Sort of comes down to testing and tuning and comparing data. Yes. Um, which will come down to it if, if someone really wants to um, – compare it or uh, develop whatever they're doing so they've got a bank of uh, data there to be able to say, look, this is the difference and this is proven or this is what we're going to try next. Yep. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I think it's going to be very interesting with, the, you know, that different driving style with, with four-wheel drive. You know, I think it's going to be it, – it's going to suit certain people. Like uh, I, for one thing, uh, Shannon Wrench would be amazing in any four-wheel drive. He's a very – he always looks like he's going way slower than what he actually is. Um, and then – What's he drive, sir? Mate, he's the most winningest driver in off-road racing, oh. and it's a pro buggy. Oh, yep. sorry. Yep. So <laughs> – and, mate, I believe he had dramas and, and still finished in front of a lot of trucks. Cool. We're going to wrestle after this, mate. What's the camera go? Well, hey, maybe if we get enough money donated on YouTube, we might wrestle on the camera, Mickey B. Oh, easy. <laughs> but uh, I think Shannon. Hey, enough of wrestling. I'm sick <laughs> of people trying to wrestle me. <laughs> um, in, a public, in a public scene, to be honest. <laughs> Woo. I like it. I like it. But... Um, yeah, I think his driving style would naturally suit a four-wheel drive, that right that, that very clean style. Mm-hmm. Um, like you said, brake, turn in, hit the apex, power out of the corner. Yep. And, and I, I guess I'd always be interested to see a, an absolute hell man like Greg Gartner get into, into an all-wheel drive. I don't know whether it would suit his driving style because one of the things about Greg is he, he always seems to just carry so much mid-corner speed, right even on. in a two-wheel drive, and he always... He loves one of the things, or I guess I'm just making it up for him, but one of the things I always love watching about driving of Greg Gartner's driving is he's always backing it into a corner. You know what I mean? Like he's, 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 you know, a little bit of a Scandinavian flick here and there. So yeah, it's definitely going to be interesting in the future to see how four wheel drives 
whether they become the you, you know Bo brought it up and said you know it's going to be one of those things that once someone does it here in Australia it's probably going to have to be a case of you know every if it proves successful everyone is going to have to do it yep and so like a four-wheel drive is not really going to be an advantage anymore it's just going to be what you've got to because you know say 10 of the top drivers all have four-wheel drive it'll just be the norm yep. and and now you know it won't be one of those things where it's it's, it's such a big advantage but i'm excited you know particularly particularly i guess you know the mason trucks have stolen a lot of attention yep um not stolen they deserve a lot of attention they're up there yeah. but but definitely the the under the radar car coming into australia in the future is is danny brown with that all-wheel drive Lumacraft. oh i think it's going to be because they are light yes yep yep it'll 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 have to it will be lighter than what the truck is yeah um still re-engined everything like that and um the the Alumacraft, they've got a couple of four-wheel drive trucks, right? Uh, four-wheel drive buggies, buggies in yes. America racing. So Very that, neat. yep, they will be. Buggy. Yeah. <laughs> just had to slip that in. Just when I think we're bonding, Mickey B, you just stick the knife in. Oh, we like blood, man. <laughs> I like it. I like it. But um, yeah, I, th- I think the uh, I think the future of off-road racing in Australia is looking pretty exciting. Like we haven't, we haven't sat stagnant. Like, you know, COVID doesn't seem to have slowed it down a bit. The entry lists are looking huge. We were only talking about how many spectators there were at Fink yep. this year as well. Like it was, it was absolutely, well, I mean, you did a helicopter fly down the, down the course, mate. So you would have, uh, you would have had an absolute blast. Sorry, that's part of the role. Yeah, yeah. I actually yeah. got forced in the chopper. You're for, not yeah. a fan of flying? No, no, no. I've done it before and love it, but like my priority is to look after that. The truck? The lounge chair down the other yep, end. Yep. But um, yeah, I actually got told to get in it now. And, um, you know, which is, you know, twist my arm a little bit. So harder. did it? So did it? Did the truck need extra maintenance because they're pushing it so hard to try and keep up to the buggies? Is that the problem? Is that why you had to get down there in a chopper to be there as quick as you could? Get to the chopper. Get to. I like the way you just ignored my question. Look, it's no different to when Dan's on the podcast. He just ignores my questions anyhow. Yeah, well, I don't blame him, to be honest. Yeah. But anyway. Yep. Yeah. Yep. No, yep. no, no. It just, you know, it's it's like, you know, your own kids or whatever. You just want to make sure it's right for yep. the, the, the driver and Navi so they don't have to think about stuff like that. Yep. They got a lot of other stuff going on, like recover from the day or talk about the day or, you know, uh, check over their notes for going home or making sure their gear's ready and stuff like that. I just sort of get in a zone and, um, you know, priority is to obviously have that thing ready for the next yep. day. Yep. But, uh, it came to a point where, you know, they were using the chopper and, you know, just basically tools down yep so do you ever think you'll ever think you'll see yourself step into the navigator seat or anything like that or or uh to be honest uh i I, i'd i'd try it but um my heart is definitely in the um maintenance uh, side maintenance engineering preparation uh availability sort of thing well i guess but yeah yeah i guess when you name your company mickey b's r and d yeah, that's uh, that's obviously what really excites you as well. Like making sure that, yeah, because I, I think you like you probably just threw a bit of a term out there that might uh, confuse a little bit of people. But when you said availability, so you're talking about the fact that the truck is consistent, finishes races, yeah, everything, much, much like how they talk about the availability of uh, 
uh, a haul truck or something like that yeah, in the, in the yeah, mining industry. Yep. Mine site, like they get paid on um, uh, machinery availability. And like if you've got a machine that's available 90% of the time, you're going to get paid. Yep. If you fall behind that, you got to supply your own maintenance pretty yep. much. Yep. And I think I recall when you were talking to Mick Marson, he was at like 90, 95% yes. yeah, completion which is, rate. Which is crazy. Which is cool. Like, yep. You add it up, like we do five to six races a year in the one series. The boys might do others, but, you know, when you're talking five races and you say 90%, you know, you've completed three or four races in yeah. five or six. Yep. Yeah, that's right. Yep. So if you get that to like completing five out of the six races, yep, you're smashing it. Yeah. Yeah. You're doing a great job. Well, well, talking to that, mate, we got a bit of a question from the uh, from the viewers at home. They want to know what's your uh, what's your opinion on one of the ideas that we tossed out in our last podcast, which was just Dan and I talking rubbish. Was copy down and <laughs> you were a little too quick to say that. No, no, no. no. it's it's no, like no. you were waiting for that opportunity. I'm just um, used to being on the radio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Copy, copy. Um, what's your opinion on the think down? Like to mix it up a little bit, maybe think down and back in the same day. Actually, I had a chat with my old man today about that. Um, he joined us quite a few years ago, back in the proper cartel days. Yes, when we yes. stayed at, uh, at the Stewart Stewart Caravan Park, the yep. whole cartel crew was there. Good old Bernie, he's yep. uh, smashed it again this year. I yep. even come back late one night in my cruiser to get back to one of my cabins, and uh, good old Bernie was on the gate as security, yes, just yep. to make sure everyone was cool. Yes, uh, good on you, Bernie, and the Stewart. Uh, well, the, the Alice Springs Tourist Park now. Alice Springs to Tourist Park, that's right. Uh, still an awesome place to stay. But, um, sorry, no, I no. actually got lost there. Yeah, so the question was, what's your opinion on the down and back in yeah, one day? Yeah, right. Like I was saying, yeah, I was actually talking to my old man about it today just from listening to your other conversations and that. Especially like the fact, I think it was either you and yourself and Bo – Sorry, you and yourself. Yeah, yeah. You and your brother talking to Bo about letting at least, if the motorbikes do it, run down first before the auto division does. Yes, yep. Just so they're not beat up. If they're doing a return in one day, you know, at least the track is pretty similar to yes. as they've gone Have they been pre-running, yep. Because at the end of the day, like, same, you guys have the same opinion. I'm sure a lot of people do. Um my old man as well. Like at the end of the day, the motorbike riders are the 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 champions or the winners. Oh, they're that's the bad dogs. Brutal, mate. Yeah, absolutely brutal. Like I've pre-run that in my cruiser just for fun. <laughs> um, stuff happens, but not um, a uh, not an Alice Springs thrifty car. <laughs> no, 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 no. What happens in Alice stays at Smellus. <laughs> um, Broad Farm. Yeah, um, but yeah, like at least to if you're gonna do like make them do or anyone do 450 k, at least a semi untouched track apart from pre running. Yep, for them and then run the auto division the next day. Yes, um, I'm on board. Yep, just to get that endurance up. Yes. Um, it would change a lot of logistics for us. Like we'd still only have like single vehicles here or there and one down the other end instead of taking a big transporter and like yep. everyone else taking their individual transporters down there, going around the long way. Still got 170 Ks of dirt Yep. from Calgary. 
Um, so everyone's still battling on that road. Yep. And then it's like when we get back at the end of it, there's just a massive cleanup, like a week's worth of cleanup, cleaning parts, dust in the trailers, in the trucks, uh, stuff like that. Uh, don't get me wrong, I still love it how it is, and we've been doing that. Well, I've been a part of it since like 2011. Yep. But um, yeah, it would it would be good to try and do a lot more longer endurance events. Like we go to the other ones, you'll do like two laps one day, two laps the next day. Yes. So you plan your maintenance in between that. Whereas when we went to Poon Kerry this year, it was one lap first day. Yes. Uh, was it? Yeah, the morning. Then the next day was two laps and one lap. Yes. So it was hard to split your maintenance up. Yep. So we basically did three air filters instead of two. Yes. And then between the two laps and the one lap, we were doing like a drive shaft at 45 minutes. Yep. And then it's the other stuff like checking tires, tire pressures and stuff like that. So it really threw a spanner in the works, but it was good to see that different format. Yep. Uh, it was a really good test. Yep, uh, of your teamwork and, and your... Yeah, just yep. compared to your previous normal strategies of um, preparation and maintenance, you know, air filters are a big thing. Yes. To be honest with the uh, K&N style filters, especially in that race, like it wasn't dusty, but attracted a lot of heavy stuff in yes. the filters. Yep. So we saw a lot of things like uh, going quite rich on our fuel mixtures because we couldn't get the air into them. Yes. So playing with the MoTeC and stuff like that, uh, it all comes into it and you've got to be on sort of that top of that sort of stuff and looking at all your data or any changes in any change to your usual format to uh, keep it together. Yep. Well, and so one of the things is uh, that you touched on there is in between uh, the two laps and the one lap, so in between lap three and lap four, you only had 45 minutes to turn the car around. So that's what we were talking about with the with so the that park was including refuel including, as well. Yeah, yep. Yes. So uh, that was from the moment you crossed the finish line, They yep. that you had 45 minutes to present back to the start line. For park for me, yeah. Yep, yep. So uh, so that's a, that's a whole other element as well, like the yep. endurance as well as the, um, yeah, I believe it was, Oh, it was a fair while ago. I think it was 2011 or 12. They actually ran the, if I get it right, I could be wrong here, the Griff 100. So it was a 700-kilometer long race weekend. Yeah, it, right. it was an endurance, and uh, everything was included in your time. So if you had to stop and do, or when you stopped to do fuel, that was actually all included as part of your race time. Wow. Yeah, so it, it was a, it was a, it was a proper endurance race. Yeah, so I'd love to see something like that. So it's sort of like uh, the American bar yes. sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. Pressurized like, jugs and oh no, no like nothing got that crazy here in Australia because you still, we still had our, uh, we still had to abide by the the rules. Yeah, and uh, not uh, electric fuel pumps. Uh, vehicles shut down. People out. Yeah. Uh, no neck, one touching. Neck to wrist to ankle. Everyone fire extinguisher. Yep. So uh, pressurized ring. That there was um, no need for it as well, I guess, or or whether they would even accept it you know it's that that's a crazy thing that they do it some of the crazy things were uh, it was there's that footage floating around on youtube and i, I wish i had the the uh, ability to find it very quickly but my youtube searches haven't been been great lately but i believe it was mark mcmillan you've been searching trophy trucks or yeah i did but i didn't want to let that cat out of the bag i've been watching a lot of fink content in the last couple of years but they actually made a a refueling rig um 
that essentially another vehicle pulled up behind the trophy truck. Oh, that and, was yeah, McMillan. No, that no. was a long time ago. Man. Yes, I remember that. It was just a psych everyone out. Yes, They're basically on the bitchy, and I make just jams at like a yes. fighter pilot. Yeah, so and it had another rod that would push the car. So the guy, yes. the the trophy truck slipped into neutral. Yeah, come along and then engaged. It's not McMillan, but it was Millen or Mark oh, Millen. That was a oh yeah, that was a while ago. A long man, time ago when I first tried that and like. It saved a little bit of time, but it was basically a psych out. I remember him saying, that yeah. it was cool to just come up with that, just like a little push along, yes. a little liaison on the yep. bitchy. Yep. Um, and yeah. And just, then I believe it, it got banned for a technicality because you weren't allowed to, you were, one of the rules stated you weren't allowed to pit on the highway. Oh, and they, they classed it as a pit. Yep. So, yep. A, yeah. It's sort of a rolling a, pit, but still a cool idea. Yeah. And how do you judge? Yes, that's right as well. So, yeah, fun at games. I like it. All right, oh, Mickey. I reckon it's getting – the fire's starting to get a bit low. Yep. What do you reckon, mate? I reckon it's time we uh, yep. we we start to wrap it up. Is there – I've heard enough. Oh, I don't know. I've enjoyed it, mate. Is there, is there anyone in particular you'd like to give a bit of a shout-out or a thanks to? Oh, of course. Uh, the Off-Road Cartel crew. Oh, stop uh, it. Stop the it. Queensland crew. Yep. Um yeah, everyone I've dealt with in off-road racing, uh, cheers to everyone. It's been great. And uh, thanks to uh, Smoothie, Bo, Drew, Reesey Boy, uh, Jakey, and all the and Brady and all the teams um, that are and Comiskey and that had a yep. good time and Billy as well. This Fink as usual, um, especially with that cl- slow cook steak. Oh, talk to me. We're talking about that, like oh. the fact that the whole man's mission was to get to think at a certain time so he could have the smoker fired up yeah to get Good that brisket Stevie. yeah Hooking what a in. what a man what a man yeah no just thanks to everyone and um yeah bring it on with everything else and um yeah really looking as i guess everyone is yep. and uh just uh keep hooking in and keep it real and um i love it yeah cheers well mickey i want to say i appreciate it. i know we actually spoke to you about coming on the podcast when Dan and I first kicked it off, and you're a little nervous. Still am. <laughs> I know, I know, but I want to say a, a massive thank you for you to uh, for coming on board and, and having yes. a bit of a chat. You're one of the most interesting characters and well thought out <laughs> characters that uh, that I uh, that I know of in off road. Like I said, we've personally been involved with you coming to races, and also you've helped out a heap in getting the engine mounts and everything, the gearbox mounts sorted in the Jimco for the Shockies. Dodge and the Alvins, the front shock mounts. We're working on the seats and everything like that at the moment. So yeah. I, I do really appreciate to you, mate. Continued. To be continued, mate. And I, I know I'll I'll make sure I get an industrial shower or something here installed so that you can scrub yourself after Heck you've uh, after you've after you've touched a, a tro- uh, after you've touched a buggy and got to go back to a trophy truck. So mate, I appreciate it. And everyone that's listening at home, thanks a lot. Hope you've enjoyed it and have a good night. See ya.